I, when I pray like that, I, I always worry that some people are going to get a little bit spooky and think, wow, you know, that's kind of strange. But, you know, if you'll read the scriptures, you'll find out that Jesus had to deal a lot with demons. He had to. It's scriptural. He had to deal a lot with demons. Now, the truth is, in America, we've not recognized it. It's been here, uh, but we don't see it as visibly as you see it in some places. But I'll be honest with you, and I'm probably say, getting ahead of myself, but, but in America, it's becoming much more visible. And so uh, it's something I want. Now, in Scripture, we see Jesus doing what the disciples had failed to do. And uh, now, Truthfully, even though we have the, the availability, uh, we have Christ's power available to us, so often we fail because we either simply do not believe that it can happen or we have sp not spiritually prepared for the battle that we're facing. And so it's one of these two things that has taken place. But notice, uh, we're going to lay a little foundation here. Notice, I believe, and, and this, a lot of people would disagree with this, but I, I believe Jesus is not talking to his disciples about their lack of faith. He's talking to the people and to the Father. The word faithless here is, is a unique word. It, it means to believe. It's unbelieving. It's faithless. It means they, have, uh, they, they never had faith. They are unbelievers. They are infidel. That's what this word means right here. So I do not believe he's talking to his disciples using this terminology. Now, simply put, Jesus is telling them, the people, that they, they are in this mess and Satan has such an influence in their lives and their families because they are not believers in Christ. You see, uh, folks, somebody's sitting in here today and you're in a battle, a spiritual battle, but it, really what it comes down to, you're never going to win that battle until you understand and fully accept Jesus Christ by simple faith. Okay, by grace through faith we're saved. And you've got to come to the point where you realize that you've got to trust Christ as your Savior. Him alone, nothing else. Your good work's not going to do it. Coming to church and sitting in these pews is not going to do it. Becoming a church member is not going to It's an amazing thing what I've realized since I've been here these three years is that, is that it, it, we've had a lot of people join our church and it's amazing how many quit coming once they join. Do you know what's happened there is they, they think that they need to be a church member so that they're okay with God. Listen, being a church member don't make you okay with God. Trusting Jesus makes you okay with God. Now, simply put, Jesus is telling them that they're in a mess, and it's because of their unbelief in Christ. And, and then I want you, if you look at Mark chapter 9, verse 19, and forgive me, my wife always tries to get me slow down, but I got to move fast today. And so Mark chapter 9, verse 19, he said, he, now notice this, he answereth him. He answereth him. Look, uh, uh, Jesus is answering the Father. And that's how we know that Jesus is not talking to the disciples. He's answering the Father. And he says to the Father and says, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. You see, Jesus is speaking directly to the Father. Now, the fact is, I believe other people were hearing it, and he's letting them hear it, but he's, he's talking to a, a generation that does not believe in him. 
Now, the statement is made to the people and to the Father. He answereth them and saith, O faithless generation. And so even the conclusion of the chapter does not say the problem with the disciples, uh, with casting out the demon was a faith issue, but rather that they must pray and fast before he'll be cast out. Prayer and fasting surely affects your faith, but it is more a Holy Spirit power issue, a yielding issue rather than a faith issue. And so fasting cleanses us physically and spiritually and allows us to be more in tune or yielded to God, his spirit and his power. That's what fasting does. And God says, here's your problem to the disciples. They came and said, why, could, why didn't you just say, because you didn't have faith? No, because that's not what, that was not the, who he was talking to. He was saying, you tried because you believed in me, but you were not spiritually prepared for the battle. Now, this is foundational, but what does we learn from this incident? Number one, uh, hopefully we are, we are saved in here. If you're saved in here, say amen. I hope you are. If you're saved, we are not open to this demonic possession or oppression uh, uh, like this is going on. I mean, uh, what I'm saying is, is that you have a foundation to, to war against it if you are saved. Now, number two, salvation faith is the foundational faith to defeating Satan. Only a child of God has the authority of Christ available to him. Number three, a somewhat common attribute of demon possession is deafness and dumbness. This is not the only time that you see something like this referred to. I believe there's reasons. I don't have time to go into that. Uh, just simply to say that when someone is deaf and dumb, their ability to communicate what's going on in them is limited. And so hopefully none of us has demon possession issue to deal with in our home. But what we may have is a demon direction issue. Now, it's not a term that anybody else uses. It's just a term that I use because I believe Satan, if he uses uh, deafness and dumbness in the loss to, to afflict them and keep them under his control, I believe he will use the same method against Christians. And I'll explain how I mean that in just a minute. You see, the final outcome is deaf and dumb, but what we do not realize is that the direction is a process of deafness and dumbness. If deaf and dumb, unable to speak, and again, that, that term, and hopefully you heard me the first time, that's a biblical term, just simply means unable to speak, is something that is often used by Satan's demons to afflict lost humanity, would he not want to use the same type of attack against God's people? Now, I want you to clearly understand also now, I am not talking about people that have a physical uh, issue that causes them to be unable to speak. I'm not talking about people that have a physical issue that causes them to be unable to hear. I'm not talking about that. Truth is, I'm getting real close to being one of those. Okay, uh, because I went and had a hearing test down in Louisiana, and, and uh, they said, hey, your hearing is almost perfect for noise, but your hearing for words is almost. So that's why I just, my daughter, Tara, she always looks at me, and she says, Dad, you're not hearing me, are you? And I say, why would you say that? She said, because you're staring at my lips. And so 
And I, I do. I just focus. I look at you and I'm watching. Now, the, I'm not talking about a physical ailment here. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where there is a control of the physical ability, where there's a control uh, uh, that, that it's, it's it, he, look, the difference is the lost, he controls the physical ability and the saved, he influences the emotional desire. And that's where we're headed. You see, if somebody's capable of hearing but cannot, a lost person capable of hearing but totally cannot hear, capable of speaking but totally cannot speak, then there is, listen, whether we want to believe it or not, it can be demonic activity. And, and, and so in any relationship, here's where I'm going, though. The difference is in a lost, he controls the physical ability. In the saved, he influences the emotional desire. In any relationship, when one begins to stop hearing, they will also begin to stop communicating. Many marriages, many children in homes, uh, look, they are physically able to speak, they're physically able to hear, but they've emotionally shut off their hearing. They've shut off their communication. And our families are being destroyed because we live in one building but we've got a process of deafness and dumbness that's destroying our families. Even though there may be a plethora of words being said, there's still little or no communication as the hearing is stopped. I have no doubt that there's, there's more demon possession in this world than we realize or want to believe. There's demon possession in the... Uh, Forgive me. Uh, don't, you know, do whatever you want to with it. There's demon possession, I believe, in the homosexual movement. Uh, I, I've, I've, I've dealt, I've probably witnessed to more homosexuals than anybody in this room, maybe um, probably more than most preachers in the nation. I, I've done that, and, and, and I've witnessed a lot. I, what I've found in many is there is demon possession. I've dealt with them. Uh, you know, so uh, yeah, they won't like that, they don't, but I'm sorry. Uh, that is, it's, it's a reprobate mind given over to Satan. And so Satan wants to destroy God's creation. Why? Because Satan wants to destroy God's creation and the distinction that he put between them so mankind could continue. I'm not saying everyone is. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that it is in that movement. Number two, I believe that the, the demon possession is involved in the abortion movement. As Satan wants to destroy the conscience of man and bring condemnation on man through the shedding of innocent blood. Uh, you know, Satan has affected the mind and emotions of so many people who have it, it, been involved in this movement and, 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 and had this happen to them and, and performed on them and affected their emotions and their, everything. Their whole psyche has been, been altered because of the, what they carry with them in their conscience because of the shedding of innocent blood. They won't admit that. They won't say that. But there's many, many, many statistics out there of, of what it does to their whole emotional makeup. Now, there is a demon, uh, demon possession, I believe, involved in the socialist movement as Satan wants to rule the world through one world government. No socialist country has ever been a Christian country and no Christian country can remain if socialism comes. So 
Yes, there's a demonic activity in America, but what we see in this situation is, uh, I want to get back to it all again, all this is just kind of uh, foundational, but there's demonic activity in America, there's no doubt. But what we see in this situation is that this boy was a result of a faithless generation. This is why I believe that, that the demonic activity in America is increasing. Because we are more of a faithless generation. It's just increasing. And it's because, uh, for many reasons, but our, you know, our educational system has just brainwashed our kids against the, the, the news media, the, the TV programs, everything out there has brainwashed our children uh, against God. Now, what are we as Christians, as married couples, as families, learn from this incident in the Bible? Well, first and foremost, here's where we got to learn. Through Christ, all things are possible. He said, if you believe. You know, if you believe, watch this, even the demon possessed can be set free. Now, again, hopefully none of us have to deal with the demon possessed. But, but God says, even to that extreme, the demon possessed can be set free. And, 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 and get this now. It, this, is, this is so important. Uh, this is not just demon possession. This is a sense is youth, since a child. Now, understand that a child, biblically by that term, it can mean an, anything from an infant to basically 12 years old or almost 13 years old, 12 years old. So, a, in a sense, a young, what we would think a young man, an adolescent. Now, don't, don't misunderstand. In this case, there was no physical reason for the, uh, as the Bible puts it, deaf and, uh, deafness and dumbness. There was no physical reason. Those were biblical terms, meaning unable to speak and unable to hear. There was a spiritual problem, not a physical problem. And, and I keep saying this because somebody's going to come in and wake up and say, but many sweet people are physically unable to speak or hear. That's not what we're talking about. Again, I say that there are innumerable amounts of people who have a physical issue and therefore cannot speak because they cannot hear it, and that is simply not what we're talking about. And you say, why do you keep saying it? Because I know this world, and, and everybody's looking to pick things apart, and, and, and I, I want to make sure that it's, it's in there uh, a lot. Nevertheless, now listen, there are those who have no physical reason not to be able to speak or hear, but yet cannot, and this boy was one of those. How does Satan use deafness and dumbness in the Christian family, the Christian marriage? Now listen, Satan is too smart to take someone from complete hearing and speaking to complete deafness and dumbness. He will begin gradually by causing communication between the husband and wife or the parent and child to diminish. You see, we, what we do is we, we in, in our relationships, we just, we have a little bit of issue, we have a little bit of a hurt, we have a little bit of a conflict, we have a little bit of a disagreement. So what we do and what Satan is using uh, against us is us to stop communicating, stop talking. So we, we may go days where we just in the same home, sleep in the same bed, but we really don't talk to each other. Because 
we, we can't realize this is Satan still using the same tool. He's not making you physically unable to speak. He's using your mind and your emotions to get you to stop speaking. It happens with our children. It's accomplished in a multitude of ways, but the result is the same. There's less and less interaction, less and less communication, more and more seclusion. There's less and less hearing, even though both are present. There's more and more of an intentional closing of the ears to hear and less and less of an attempt or desire to speak. The world is shut out by earbuds and headphones. Conversation is eliminated and replaced by text, which eventually even the texts are not answered. You see, we're not communicating anymore, and we don't realize it, but this is a tool of Satan to get us so that we are dumb. We're not speaking. We have an issue and we won't just talk about it. You know, the, the, the thing to do is to, to, look, let's sit down and talk about it. I, I've said this in so many marriage conferences that, that uh, uh, you, one of the things that we learned years and years ago, uh, it was a, a time that we needed. I had Monday mornings off uh, as a, a very kind thing my, my uh, employer, my Dr. Evans did. He gave me Monday mornings off, and I was resting from an incredibly long weekend with the sailor ministry. But on, on about 10 o'clock on Monday morning, my wife and I, we went my not have enough for a cup of coffee but we go sit down at the little local restaurant and we would sit down there and I didn't have to be to work till, till noon or about 12 30 and we would sit there for a couple of hours and, and it was at that moment where I would simply say hit me with your best shot because I've rested I'm, I've got you know okay I'm mentally prepared I'm emotionally prepared go ahead and tell me what can I be doing better I'm not going to say what I was doing wrong because that never happened. But, the, uh, but uh, what could I be doing better? You know, the truth is, is that she, was so, she would sweetly, she would unload sometimes and tell me some things that maybe bother some things. And the truth is, she allowed me to do the same thing. You know what? What you do when you communicate is you solve the problems. When you shut down the communication, nothing gets better. It only gets worse. So... What we do, most of the time, Satan uh, affects our thinking, our emotions. There are more and more separate rooms, separate interests, separate lives. There's no physical restriction to hear, but an emotional closing of the mind to the sound of others. The eyes grow dull as the mind is more blind. The ears grow deaf and the tongue has no desire to move. The less said, and I see this all the time, especially in young people. The less said, the less conflict. The less said, the less correction. The less said, the less pain, frustration, and anger. So if I just don't talk, then we can't have an issue. But the great tool that Satan was using to destroy this boy was deafness and dumbness. The inability to speak to his father. And watch this. Jesus knew he also could not hear. The father didn't know that. Why? He couldn't speak. 
The less said, the less desire to listen. For listening, listen to this, that for listening would demand a response and there's no desire to respond. We find ourselves living in the same house just as this man and his son live together. We find that we live in frustration, despair, and fear. We find ourselves in continual sorrow as the only time that there is a response, it's right in the text, the only time there is a response, it is in anger. It's when it's built up, and you know what is pictured there? Gnashing of the teeth. That's the anger. It's so angry that the gnashing of the teeth. Or boiling over emotionally. It's built up so much that it starts to spew out of the mouth. That's the foaming at the mouth. We struggle because we see our relationship wasting away or pineth away. Our relationship is starving to death for the nourishment that only hearing, listening, conversing, and caring can bring. And so we've got, it's like, it's like spiritual food to us to be able to, to communicate with each other. Listen, uh, do you, what do you think God wants? God wants our communication. He wants us to talk to him. He wants, hey, look, he, he thought it was so important. He wrote us all of this to talk to us. He gave us this, this incredible love letter to tell us, to speak to us. And he made it so that every day you read it, he'll tell you something different and new. It's amazing what he will share with you. And so God wants us to stop, look, he wants us to know the enemy, and the enemy, his, his great tool in our relationship is to shut down the, the conversation, make us dumb so that we don't talk anymore. And watch this, and even when we do talk, we're not listening. Even when somebody else is talking, we're not listening because we don't want to hear what they have to say. It has gone on so long, even from a child. It started somewhere long ago with an influence. And, and please get this, because I'm going to hit a little bit. I've been a little bit more on, about the, the marriage, but it, it's gone on so long, even from a child, the Bible says. It started somewhere long ago. And, and let me tell you how it starts. You see, the devil just doesn't, uh, because a kid walks in, and, and he's, he's a great kid, and he's, he's memorizing Scripture. He's 12 years old. He, he's, uh, he's been saved. And, you know, he can't, the devil's not doing this. He's, kinda, he's not going to come up and say, you know, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause this kid to be deaf and dumb. He, he's not doing that. The devil comes subtly, and he gives them things that will open the doors to him. In our day and age, it starts with the influence of music, video games, videos themselves. And I'm saying some of them. I'm not saying all games, all music, or all videos are wrong. I'm saying that there's a lot of them out there. They're out there for a cause, a purpose. Or it could just, it could be from a hurt or a wound or maybe a moment of anger. It began as a youth, a child, and they began to close up. You know what they're doing? They're trying to escape. Years ago when I was in college, they talked about it being a defense mechanism. You know, they, they put up a wall. And we'll talk about We're going to talk some more about this tonight. It may have progressed to them hurting themselves, cutting and burning and starving and vomiting and seclusion and anger and drugs and alcohol and rebellion. They start to 
hurt themselves. You see, this that's what was happening to him. This demon was throwing him in the fire and throwing him, trying to destroy him. You say, well, are you saying that that every person who's struggling is demon That's my whole thing. I'm trying to tell you. No, they're not necessarily demon-possessed. Probably not. What I'm saying is, listen to me, what I'm saying is, is that he still uses the same weapons, the same tools, and what he tries to do is he tries to e affect your thinking so that you have shut up the conversation so long so that you've shut up your hearing so long that now you live in despair and you don't have any hope so why not take your own life today we have a higher rate of suicide in our teenagers than any any time in our history even the desire to die throws himself in the fire into the waters to destroy himself the father is distraught now but where was he when the child was coming under the influence? You know, we need to parent our children. Too many of our kids, you used to call them latchkey kids, too many of our kids are just being allowed to go in their room and do whatever they wanted to, even if parents are present. Where is the husband when the wife is coming under the influence? Where is the wife when the husband is coming under the influence? Parents... I would just say, be so very careful what you allow your children to listen to, the games that they play, the videos that they watch. So much today is really indoctrination. Teaching how to participate, listen to me now, teaching how to participate with evil rather than being protected from evil. Now, I'm going to throw out, I don't do much of this, but I'm going to throw out a name from, you know, long ago, you know, that, and maybe it's still out there. I really don't know, but it used to be the big thing is the Dungeons and Dragons. You know, that was a, a game, but the problem was it was a role-play game. It was you become this creature. You become this, the demonic person you become this and they have those games right now this first person shooter games where they where they just that's why we've got so much because they've gone they look you cannot stay at the same level so you when you're just simply in a game uh grand theft auto you're just simply in that game and you're just shooting somebody because you're angry at them you're shooting somebody because you want to shoot them listen at some point you're going to have a desire you do that enough you'll have a desire to act it out But it was a role-play game to draw youth and adults alike to demonic chants, spells, and demons. Now, it progresses, and a lot of people are not going to like this, and even a lot of preachers don't like this. But, but I'm going to just tell you, the, uh, the, the, the whole Harry Potter thing, uh, uh, that whole thing is a new movement. It is, it's gone from a game to a video. You know what it's to do? It's to get... Look, at one time I read that a guy said that, that J.K. Rawlings made this statement that, uh, that she uh, uh, re used real spells. Now, I took that from the research of another fellow. shouldn't have done it. I found in later time that, that uh, she didn't make that statement, but here's what she does do. She creates real spells from the, the Latin and Greek, and she, she uses this and creates, and I'm not saying the real satanic spells or witchcraft spells, but they 
are, they are legitimate in the sense that she's created them in the languages that you normally have the spells in. She's created them. And so uh, what it does is she's even got to go along with all of her moves. She's got a book of spells. And what that calls you to do, here's what, what the kids know more about the internet than we do, but here's what I did. I went up and I started looking up about J.K. Rawlings and her spells. You know what you have for, for, for the first five or six things before you ever get, find out anything about her? You find out about witchcraft and Wicca and spells and true spells and real spells and this really works spells. What it's doing is it's drawing our kids who know about the, more about the internet than we do. Do they really have, at 10, 11, 12 years old, they really have the sense not to click on that and go look at it? It's drawing us in. You know, some preachers say, oh, it's some good character traits taught in that. I, look, I, you know, there's good character traits. Probably you can find some good character traits in, in the book of Satan if you want to look long enough. The, the fact is, is that it does not make sense. And I, I'm not into this about J.K. Rollins or, or, or uh, uh, Harry Potter. I'm just telling you that there's so much of this out there that is sucking our children into an enticement to look and search and what they do is once they get there and open up, man, that, that curiosity says, let me click on this. Let me click on this. Let me click on this. You say, well, I just don't agree it's wrong. I'll just say this. Is it worth taking the chance? If that's really what it's going to draw my kids to, if, if they get curious and start looking on the internet about her or want to look up one of those spells or want to go order the book of spells, if they want to do that, you know what they're going to find? They're going to find a whole slew of satanic witchcraft, Wicca. It's there. Now, I know that we feel it's so innocent. And I'm sure that whatever the child was doing was innocent in the minds of his parents even then. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what was available to him. But it's always innocent until we come up one day and realize our child is deaf and dumb without a physical reason. And we know it's not without a physical reason because it goes past that. Now, whatever is causing them to be deaf and dumb is throwing them in the fire, throwing them in the water, won't, causing them to want to kill themselves. I'm going to speak about tonight what we normally term the maniac of Gadara and the principles that I see from that. So, what is the answer to this struggling relationship? You see, we see in this passage, it's all about a demon-possessed boy, and we see the great truth is that Jesus is able to cast him out. It says Jesus is more powerful than the demons, but also tells us that there is demon possession. It is there, and if it was then, it still is. There in Africa, this last time, Joe Beth and I are in the old house, and we're there about to get ready to go to sleep. But uh, this night, most of the nights has been quiet, which is kind of unique. But this night, 
the music is beaten incessantly. And it's speeding up, and you can hear them chanting to that music. And we know what we've been there. We know what's going on here. You know, they're chanting. What they're doing is, and, and here in America, we won't admit it because the music is exactly the same as what we listen to here, what our nation, our people are listening to. They call it by different names, but they're listening to the same thing. They're doing the same thing. And they're beating those drums and their repetition, they're getting that rhythm going faster and faster and they're chanting faster and faster. Pretty soon that chant, which I don't understand, but I do recognize it as being Chi language, I understand it. Pretty soon it changes into something, tongues. Something that I obviously is nothing. It's... But it's going faster and faster. And we were laying there when we knew it was coming. When it got faster and faster and faster, then it came with a deep, guttural screaming. Yeah, y'all think it's funny. That's not anything to laugh about, fellas. You see, this is what the same thing that you're listening to and what you don't realize is that they are literally calling those demons. That's what this whole thing is. They're calling the demon. This is not the only time we've seen it or heard it. I told you about being out in the dark there where we were having a crusade and it's going on just up the hill from us. And I, I walked away from the crusade and stood there with my arms up in the air and prayed uh, with every bit of intensity and every bit of uh, just pouring out my soul to God. God, protect us. God, turn back this evil. God, stop it so that we can win these people to Christ. And, 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 and it's, it's going and they're screaming these guttural demonic screams. Well, my back and my neck and my legs are locked up because I have to just admit, I'm praying in faith and scared to death. But I'm not talking this one. I'm talking about the fact that since it works, this illustration, God wouldn't put this story in there except he wants us to know that this is how Satan works. And so he says, I can't possess you, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to affect your thinking so you're going to shut down from your wife. You're not going to talk to her anymore. And you're going to hurt her so bad that when you talk to her, she's not even hearing you. And he's accomplishing exactly the same thing. And then our children come in and they don't want to argue and fight one more time and they don't want to conflict one more time and they want to be able to do what they want to do and don't want any correction. And so they go right back with their earbuds in, go right back into their room, and they sit there with their earbuds in. They don't talk to anybody. They don't listen to anybody. At the most, they might 
do this. And I'm going to just say it again. Man, I say so many things these days. But, you know, I'm going to just tell you, if you got kids, they don't need earbuds. They don't need them. Ours never had them. They don't need them. All right, I got to finish. What is the answer to this struggling relationship? Number one, make sure of your salvation. Are you saved? Because let me tell you, the only thing between you and possession by the devil, and we think it's not possible, but I'm going to tell you, you'd be surprised how many people you'd walk by who are. Thank God, number two, thank God for salvation and the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. You know, you ought to spend time truly worshiping. We're at a point where we think the only way you can worship is through some little song. I love the little songs, but so many people say, well, I worship today. Well, you mean you're not going to worship God again till you come back on Sunday and sing one of those things again? No, thanking God for salvation and for his Holy Spirit's presence. Number three, believe God is able to heal whatever's going on, whatever the relationship is, wherever it is. You see, if thou believe, the Scripture says, all things are possible. And what happens is people get to a point of no speaking, no hearing, so affected by their mind, they get to the point where Satan convinces them that there's no hope for this relationship. I, I'm going to just preface it tonight. We're going to find out that we've got a God so strong. He, can, he not only can cast out demons, he can cast out a legion. In the Roman army, that was 6,000. And they had no power to stay. Believe God is able to heal the relation. Never give up on yourself or anyone else. Number four, don't condemn yourself when you struggle to believe. Cry out, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Act upon the belief that you have. Number five, Jesus wants to heal our relationship more than we do, and he is able. You got to understand and believe that. He wants you. He wants your relationship healed. He wants you to have a relationship between you and your wife. He wants you to have a relationship between you and your husband. He wants you to have a relationship with your kids. And, folks, it comes down. Uh, we, we've been teaching for years that communication is the key to every relationship. And you know what? It, it really is. And that's why Satan attacks the hearing and the speaking. Number six, keep communication lines open. Nothing can be resolved without communication. If you feel you tried and tried and it has not worked, remember this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. So you've tried and tried to keep the communication open. They don't want to talk. They don't want to communicate. They don't want to hear. They don't want to listen. They don't want to respond. Okay, pray and fast. Fasting will increase your faith. 
But fasting also, and more importantly, brings you to the realization that all must be done through the power, through authority, through the blood of Jesus Christ. See, fasting weakens you. It makes you realize how strong God is. So today, I think if we recognize the enemy, we have a better chance of fighting the enemy. And the enemy wants, okay, in your own heart and mind, don't raise your hand or anything, but has there ever been a time where you've gone more than an hour or two where you just got so hurt, so upset, where you just refused to talk. Maybe you left. Maybe you stayed. And not only did you refuse to talk, but if anybody tried, you said, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. It begins by stopping the influence of the deaf and dumb spirit. You're not under physical control, but you may, you may not be under possession, but you may be under direction. He's taking you down the same road of destruction. He's just doing it. He's taking you to the same destination. He's using a different road to get to it. All I heard was how wonderful Mike was on Wednesday night. So, I'm back. I pray that, folks, this morning, that we decide to start mending the situation, mending the relationships. Say, how? Let me tell you. Humble yourself and say, I'm sorry. I don't want this to ever happen again. You say, well, I didn't do anything wrong, so I, I don't have any reason to say I'm sorry. No, you better be sorry that the situation's going where it's going. We don't want that. And before we lose our children, will we please decide that we need to talk. You know, truth is, I have a hope for Matthew. And one of the reasons I go so many times out there to drive out and pick him up and come back, I've told him, I said, son, you're going to have to pay me about $100,000 in gas one of these days. 200000 Okay. But you know why I do it. Yes, I want him at church, but it also gives us a time to talk. Because only when Matthew opens up to me can I really know what's going on here, what he's thinking, a decision he's about to make, something that he's about to do that's going to hurt him, and I can't help him unless I can hear him. And fellas, that's why God made your wife to talk. You can't help her 
unless you can hear her. Father, I pray that you bless Lord Jesus. I tried my best to not go too long.